you have to be your own guru, do your own research and go out and figure the information out. I don't think it is a taboo thing to get Botox and filler or plastic surgery and talk about it. Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Brit & Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. But how do you learn about everything? The answer? Make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. What I love about beauty is how deeply personal it is to all of us and how there's always a new wave of beauty trends to explore. And while it's fun to test out new products and optimize our skincare routines, I know it can be overwhelming, not to mention expensive, trying to figure out the perfect formula for ourselves. So if you've ever been curious about stuff like microblading and 24 karat gold facials and preventative Botox, we've got a show for you today because we have a top beauty and wellness expert who has tried it all. Today, I am joined by Lauren Everett Bostic. In 2011, Lauren launched The Skinny Confidential, a blog for driven women like herself to catch up with the latest health and wellness trends while also finding community and support. 10 years later, Lauren has expanded The Skinny Confidential into a chart-topping podcast, two books, an app, and an all-around social media force. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. I love that intro. Wow. I mean, I was going to put all of your accolades in it, like how many podcast downloads and book sales and things, but it's just, just too much. Like you have done too many things. I can't even put it all in the intro. Oh, that's so nice. Well, thank you. I'll take it. I'll take the compliment. I'm working on taking compliments, so I'll take it. <laughs> okay. That's a good edge to conquer. I'm trying to do the same thing. And to be honest, I'm actually really excited for this conversation today because as much as I think I know about skincare and I try to follow the trends, I'm very confused about like what is BS and what's real. And there's so many things out there and there's like ice rollers and there's needles and there's eye puffing mask and there's all kinds of things. And I'm just like, what do I actually need in my life? Because I'm in my thirties and I'm like on the brink of being in this zone of like anti-aging and all these things. So anyways, we're going to talk about all of it, but I want to start with where your interest in beauty came from. What are some of your first memories around makeup and skincare? Yeah, I think I've always naturally been a curious person. And I think when I dive into any subject, I have to research it obsessively. And then I have to try it on myself. I have to try it on my team. And then I have to tell all my friends and family. And I remember being really little. Like I don't even think I've ever talked about this on a podcast, but like I would get the entire neighborhood in the garage with like a huge whiteboard and sort of like teach a class on beauty and any subjects that were interesting me. So I always was like, trying to influence other people. And it's funny because I look back and I was obsessed with scrapbooking and scrapbooking with certain tones and aesthetics and textures and scrapbooking about beauty. Like I would cut magazine cutouts and I would essentially blog through a scrapbook. And so it's so funny that what I do now is online scrapbooking. And I always say to everyone that you know listens to our podcast is that if you have something that you're obsessed with, it could be 
as small as scrapbooking, you can turn that into a job if you can get creative with it. So the interest in beauty and content has been there since I was very, very little. As far as like a beauty memory with like my mom, she was very interested in beauty and very, very, very gnarly about wearing sunscreen, like always. So that's sort of where that came from. I think that for me, I am not an expert. I'm a practitioner. I'm someone who tries things all the time. I try all different kinds of PR packages. And what I like to do is I like to go through a bunch of shit and put away what's shit and pull out what's great. Kind of like orange juice, like get all the juice out, remove the pulp, and then share that with the community. But I also love talking to other people and bringing up other people and hearing from doctors and experts and models and the everyday girl and actresses and influencers. I'm very interested and curious in what other people do. I love that so much because like I was saying, I just feel like there's so much content out there now. And you and I know this, we've both been content creators for 10 years. We have podcasts, we have multi-million followers on our websites. Like there's so much out there and it's so hard to know unless you're actually trying it. I love that you said you're a practitioner because I just want someone to try it all for me so I don't have to like, think about it <laughs> and be like, what do I really need? I'm 35. I've got a couple kids. I'm, you know, for me, my problem is my mom and dad did not slather sunscreen all over me when I was little. And so I was like a competitive soccer player and I have like so many freckles and things now that I hide with makeup, but I'm like, oh my God, is this going to make me age so much? Like now that I'm, you know, in my thirties, but I know we're going to get into all of the updates on all the things that you can tell me about my skin. There's tons of things you can do for freckles. So don't worry. Oh, and by the way, if you like your freckles, great. But there are tons of things that you can do. But I would tell you just to make things simple. The best thing, in my opinion, is microneedling for freckles. Okay. You know what? Let's just talk about freckles because you are going to go there. Okay. Freckles, first of all, have become like a real actual beauty trend. Like people want freckles. People are even drawing freckles on their face, right? in today's world. I mean, I think that's amazing. There's no right way. I feel like with society lately, especially, we've gotten into this thing where it has to be left, right, black, white. There's no right way to do things. You can do whatever works for you. And if freckles work for you, great. If you do want to improve freckles, I think out of all the treatments that there are, microneedling is absolutely amazing, but you need to go to someone who's an expert. Just doing it at home on your face can cause staph infection. It's obviously like a lot of different needles sticking into your face so it can spread bacteria. You definitely don't want to get a group on and go get microneedled. Something I'm not a fan of for freckles that a lot of people have told me to do that I do not like is IPL. What's that? That's like a laser machine that goes on your face. And again, I'm not an expert. So there's probably someone listening who's like, I'm an esthetician and a doctor and that's not how you describe it. But it's a laser machine that I used on my face. And I felt like it brought up my freckles. So those are two things. One thing that's really worked and one thing that hasn't worked. Okay. Also, just something that I've learned recently that I think everyone needs to get on board with is I've realized less is more. We're in this like 10-step Korean skincare routine right now where I see so many people doing like 20 steps to their skincare routine. I have scaled it back and noticed a huge difference in my skin. Oh, what does that mean? Like how many steps do you do now? I mean, sometimes it's two steps and sometimes it's five and it depends on the day and what I feel like my skin needs. But I've definitely gone a lot more natural with my products since I became pregnant. 
And I've also really listened to what my skin wants. There's not a one size fits all for everything. I think you have to try tons of different products and figure out what your skin likes. Love that. Okay, but back to freckles and microneedling. I thought microneedling was about like you needle your face because you're bringing up blood to the surface, which like plumps your face up and makes it fuller and maybe less like wrinkly or saggy. I had no idea it works for freckles. Do you know why it works for freckles? And my second question is, you said don't just get a Groupon and go get a microneedling appointment. Like what do you look for when you're going to go out and find someone to microneedle your face? So I shouldn't have said freckles. I should have said hyperpigmentation. So what it does, and I have horrible hyperpigmentation from taking birth control. And what it does is it brings all of that up and it helps it shed. And so for me, when I got it done, I went to a professional in San Diego. Her name is Dr. Glennon, if anyone's there. And she microneedled my face. And you're exactly right. It makes little micro... I don't want to say cuts because that will scare someone. But when you roll it over, blood does come out, which can scare people. But the blood is actually incredibly healing and it heals the cells. And so new skin comes up. And you're going to shed all that skin on top, which is why I think it's very effective for freckles. And I really have tried so many different things. And microneedling is one of those things that you wake up and a couple days later and your skin is plumper. It's dewier. You have less wrinkles. You have less hyperpigmentation. I'm going to say freckles because I've noticed that my freckles go away when I get it. And as far as a Groupon, I would not go get a Groupon when you're dealing with something with your face. For instance, Botox, filler, all of these things that were marketed to on Instagram, you want to make sure you're going to someone who really understands aesthetics and is almost essentially like a facial sculptor. So how I would find someone is not off Instagram, not off Groupon. I would ask around. I would see if you have a friend, maybe you like the way her face looks and she's had filler or Botox. Talk to people because I cannot tell you how many people I have talked to that end up getting lazy eyes from getting bad Botox. What is lazy eyes? Sorry, I'm not a Botox person. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so basically, sometimes when you get Botox, it can lift the eye if it's done right, but it can also droop the eye. Ooh. It's not something that you just want to just go to. I feel like aesthetics are like cars. A car is a car, but there's all different kinds of cars. You want to make sure you're doing your research, talking to people, asking around. Got it. And I feel like Botox and fillers are super controversial because there's, you know, the natural beauty movement and then there's sort of the like prescriptive beauty movement and aesthetic cosmetology. And like, where do you stand in all of that? I'm all about do whatever works for you. Personally, I've talked about filler and Botox. I wrote my book, Get the Fuck Out of the Sun. I talked about my own experience with filler and Botox. I've been an oversharer since I was born. So I'm very open about everything I've gotten done. I think that there's a lot of celebrities and influencers that aren't, which is fine if you don't want to tell people. But I am trying not to perpetuate like people thinking that people just look that way naturally. So I've been talking about Botox since I was 21 years old on the website. So I'm a fan of doing what works for you. Just because I get Botox and filler doesn't mean you have to, but I definitely am going to be open about it. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because, you know, a lot of women will do things like microneedling. 
I have a lot of questions about ice rolling and jade rolling and all of these things you're supposed to roll on your face and like which one and why, which we can go into. And we do like skincare routines and things like that. And so naturally, I think many women want to do preventative things to help their skin look good, be glowy, moisturized, anti-wrinkles, anti-blemishes. And yet there's this sort of controversy around like, but are you getting stuff injected into you? And I agree with you. I feel like that's every woman's decision. I haven't personally done it yet, just to put it out there for anyone listening, but I'm definitely curious. And it feels to me like a lot to maintain is the main thing. If you're doing these things, don't you have to go on a regular basis for the rest of your life? I mean, I'm not to the rest of my life, so I don't know. But right now, I've been getting Botox since I was 21 years old. And I've had a really great experience with it. I also got my boobs done when I was 19. I talked about that on the blog. And I've had a great experience with that too. But I've also heard people who don't have great experiences. So you have to be your own guru, do your own research, and go out and figure the information out. I don't think it is a taboo thing to get Botox and filler or plastic surgery and talk about it. I really want to take the energy out of that. I hope that that's what the Skinny Confidential can do is question these taboos. Like, I don't think it's a big deal. I think people are making it a bigger deal because they're not talking about it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm going to continue to talk about it and be super transparent as far as getting it for the rest of your life and maintenance. It definitely is maintenance to have to go get Botox. I probably get it like every nine months. But at the same time, the wrinkles that I had on my forehead are gone. I got it when I was 21 and it did wonders. I had an 11 between my eyebrows and I don't have it anymore. Wow. It's very preventative if it's done right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You mentioned you wrote a book called Get the Fuck Out of the Sun and that sunscreen and the sun does so much damage to our skin. Can you give us like a little overview for anyone who hasn't read that? Like what are the other key topics and key pieces of advice that you think people should have around skincare and just maintenance with their bodies and their skin? Yeah, so my main thing with the brand that I just launched with product is inflammation. It's crazy to me how it's not dealt with in the skincare industry. I can't believe that there's so many creams to put on your face and things to shoot in your face and makeup to cover up your face, but no one's talking about inflammation. And I have a very soft spot about inflammation because I had a 16-hour double jaw surgery where they had to break my upper and lower jaw because my jaw was crooked and it was causing TMJ and grinding and all different things. So I was basically swollen for four years. And when I say swollen, I mean, it was a fucking nightmare. Like I was so, so swollen. It was like I was wearing a mask. And I just was always looking for something to fight inflammation and could find nothing. So my number one beauty tip is to fight the inflammation before anything. And with that, you can do it for free. You have ice in your freezer. And then I also just launched the Skinny Confidential Ice Roller, which I've been creating for four years. 
because the other ones on the market were like very, very breakable and they were plastic and they weren't holding cold. So ice to me is the number one tip. Like if you get puffy like I do, and a lot of us do because we sleep wrong or we're maybe using a cream that makes us puffy or we drank too much the night before, I think you should definitely look into ice. Mm, I've seen that for, you know, the put the spoons in the freezer thing and do it on your puffy eyes. But love it. Do you suggest doing it on your whole face? Oh my God. I don't know what I would do without ice. Every day? You use this every day? It's the first thing I do when I wake up. I don't know how anyone gets up without ice. Wow. I will be like so puffy. My eyes are shut and I will use ice. It is the best beauty tip. And it's funny, if you look back in history about ice, Kate Moss talks about it. Cleopatra talked about it. Like ice tightens your skin. I bring ice all around. And what I mean by that is I do freezing cold showers every single day. It's so good for your skin. It tightens, it boosts circulation. It's going to give you that glowy skin. I like cryotherapy, ice baths. I am all about ice. I have done ice baths before and I even tried a facial ice bath, which I don't think I did correctly. I just got a bowl of like water with a bunch of ice and I dunked my face in it for like as long as I could hold my breath at a time for 10 minutes, you know, taking breaths. That works. It worked. I showed up before and after on Instagram and I really did see the glow. But to me, that sounds so hard to do every day, which is why I guess like an ice roller is probably better than dunking your head in ice water. But <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. Britt, I'm going to send you a skinny confidential ice roller okay. after this. Uh, we'll do a before and after. You're going to be so obsessed. You're not even going to be able to put your skincare on before. I am telling you, ice, it's so underrated. Wow. Okay. My mind is already blown. What about all this stuff with like jade and gold and everything else we're supposed to roll on our face? Is that real? Yeah. I think the jade and rose quartz are totally amazing. Cleopatra also used to put rose quartz on her face. If you guys want to go like look into the history of it, it's super interesting. Find it online. And both of those things are great because it has healing ions in it. It has negative ions, which is so good. Like if you've heard of grounding or earthing where you put your feet on the ground, it's the same with the jade and with the rose quartz. So those are great to roll on your face too. But the reason I like an ice roller is because I like ice. The rollers are amazing. They're going to promote lymphatic drainage, which tightens and contours your face. I am all about a contoured face. I still run puffy from that surgery. So I think anything that can contour me and drain the fluid in my face is amazing. Just make sure when you're using them, you roll up the face and then you roll down the neck because what you're going to do is you're going to pee the fluid out that's in your face. Oh, okay. So it's like you have your lymph nodes in your face and your jaw and everything and you're trying to like roll the fluid out of them down into your body pee it out <laughs> for a more contoured face. Yeah, it's amazing. And once you see how much fluid is in your face, I mean, you're just like, oh my God. Can you really see it like that quickly before and after? Oh my, I mean, I really cannot wake up without rolling my face. Oh my gosh. I've seen this new trend in LA. The last time I went to LA, there's this place called The Face Gem and it feels like they're like uh, blow dry salons, but they're for facials that you just pop in. You do like a face workout is what they call it, where they're rolling you and I don't know, they're probably icing you and like massaging you and putting some moisturizer on you. And people are doing this now regularly. It's the best invention ever. Most of America does not know about this yet. <laughs> the French do. 
Oh, really? Yes. The French do. In China, when I went to China 10 years ago, they know too. The power of facial manipulation is so underrated. I can't believe it. When you manipulate your face, you can pop your cheekbones. You can drain your jawline, the puffiness underneath the eyes. If you ever see someone with eye bags or under eye circles and they get filler, it makes me cringe because what needs to happen is it needs to be drained. So the facial manipulation, and you can do that with a roller or your hands, is underrated. And how often would you recommend doing this? I read somewhere that you get a facial every week. Is that still true? That is 100% true. Oh my gosh. People think that that is crazy, but I spend my money on two things. And where I spend my money is my time and on my skin. And for me to be able to go and get facial lymphatic drainage while I'm returning 100 emails and 100 text messages is incredibly efficient. And I walk out with glowing skin. Wait, you get a facial while you're doing email? (laughs) How does that work? I I lay on my back and my facialist knows I'm there to work. And I just get to get a bunch of emails and text messages done and walk out with glowing skin. I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. Oh my gosh, I need to do this. (laughs) What else have you learned, by the way, on the time front? Because you are an epic time manager. What are your other time hacks? Yeah, I'm batshit psycho about my time. I think time for me is... That's my currency. It's what I spend my time on. I'm really, really meticulous. And by the way, that comes from a lot of trial and error. So I don't want to like sit on here and say I'm a perfectionist with time because I've definitely learned a lot of lessons. But how I manage my time is my calendar. I have someone who is running my calendar. And I think if you're going to make a hire as a business person, the first hire should be someone who's a practitioner of your calendar. And I think that you should be able to wake up every morning and see very clearly where you're spending your time. So for instance, like my workouts are in yellow. My interview days and my conference calls are only on Wednesdays. So I don't take calls any other day of the week besides Wednesdays. So I have like 20 calls today. Because what I felt is that when I was taking a conference call throughout the week, it was breaking up my creativity. So I would be on a call and then hop off and work for a half an hour and then get on another call. And it wasn't efficient. And I'm a huge fan of time batching, which is like you essentially do one thing in a batched amount of time. So for instance, like Friday is photo shoots. Thursday is creative. You know, Monday might be writing content. I'm very, very big fan of sitting down and batching my time. I love that. I'm trying to do more of that. It's really difficult. And by the way, I've interviewed like multiple productivity experts on this podcast to try to get better at this and to help our listeners get better at this. But my current strategy is sort of similar to what you're doing. I batch my time in three hour a day meeting chunks. So I can't do one day a week because for me, like just stuff pops up. So I do like 11 to 2 are kind of my primary meeting blocks. And that way before and after that, I have like solid work blocks for other things. But if I could put it all on Wednesday like you, I totally would. I think that's a really smart routine. I think that's super smart though. That's working for you. Again, my way probably doesn't work for other people. Their way probably doesn't work for me. I think you have to like figure it out how it works for you. Another great little hack is the Pomodoro method with the tomato timer. Like you time doing something and you only do that one thing. So you put your phone away. People are like, why can't I do it on my phone? You can't do it on your phone. It's not the same thing. So you get this little tomato timer, just like a kitchen timer. And you say, 
I am going to write only. I'm only going to write for one hour. And you set it for an hour with your phone away and that is all you do. The key is you have to close every other browser window and turn off all of your notifications and make sure you won't be interrupted. It's hard. It is hard. And you and I have kids too. So it's also hard to like not be interrupted by children and things. Yeah, like- they're hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. Oh my God. It's ridiculous. I can't imagine too. That's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Get ready for that. It's really fun. Well, speaking of time though, how much time do you spend a day on your beauty routine and skincare routine? Not a lot at all. Not a lot. What does it look like for you? What's morning and night look like? I try to be as efficient as possible. So in the morning, I wake up, I ice roll while I'm like making the bed, while I'm walking around, getting the baby situated. I do that sort of on the go. I also will do it in the car. And then I never ever wash my face in the morning because I like to leave on the product that was on the night before unless I used retinol. If you use retinol the night before, you want to wash it off because you don't want to even touch your face towards a window if you're using retinol. So I don't cleanse my face usually. I wake up, I put on toner, serum, my oil always, and maybe some eye cream and sunscreen. That's it. Quick. No makeup routine? I don't wear makeup a lot at all. Wow. I wear it only if I'm having an event. And I think that with COVID and quarantine, like there hasn't been a lot of events. I barely ever wear makeup unless I have to go do a photo shoot or shoot something. Don't wear makeup a lot at all. Wow. And then what about nighttime? Nighttime is I always ice roll. Like I'm obsessed with ice rolling. And the same type of routine, but I wash my face with a cleansing balm. I like a balm. I find that it's way better on my skin. And obviously, I don't put sunscreen on. I'll use a serum. I'll use always an oil. I'm in love with oils. I think they're the key to use. I've seen this about you. Why oils? Tell me about oils. And what are your favorite oils? Anyone who's listening can go get a grapeseed oil at the market that's organic. And that is amazing. Oil, it's moisturizing. It's hydrating. It's fatty acid. You want that fatty acid on your skin. And it's really the key to use, in my opinion, out of everything. I take my makeup off with oil too. I never would touch a makeup wipe to my face. I think that pulls the skin down. And I think it's full of chemicals that I just don't want on my face. So I remove my makeup with oil. I'll ask room service for olive oil if I'm traveling. I mean, oil is amazing. And then I love a pomegranate raspberry oil, which we created the Sydney Confidential Pomegranate Raspberry Oil. And that is all for inflammation. Mm. So if you're inflamed like I am, look at that. And then I just love like an Elemis oil, like a really great oil that's filled with a lot of nutrients. And what about people who say they have oily skin? Should they put on oil too? I have asked many doctors about this on the podcast and they say, yes. They say the only time you should look into oils is if you have acne. The only time you should look into oils or shouldn't. Meaning like you should be very careful of what oil you're using if you have acne. Got it. Because the oil cannot be good for acne. But other than that, I mean, we just interviewed Dr. Dennis Gross and he was like, oil it up. Just don't oil it up if you have acne. Got it. Okay, cool. And what about serum? Tell us what serums are used for. Because I think a lot of people are confused about serums versus oils versus toners versus cleansers. There's like all these things and like (laughs) what order they have to be used and what they're for. So obviously a cleanser is for cleaning your face. Toner is for toning it, right? You have even skin tone. And then oil is for moisturizing it. But what's the serum for? 
Yeah. So the serum that I like is a vitamin C serum. So it's filled with vitamins and a serum's a lot lighter than an oil. So what I do is if I'm winding down at night, I'll do a cleansing balm, I'll do a toner and the toner shrinks your pores, which is great. A serum really helps with uneven skin tone. But like I said, the one I like is vitamin C. That's so great for plumping and helping with wrinkles. And then the oil seals it off. You always want to end with an oil unless it's in the morning and you're doing sunscreen. Okay. I've always wondered if my skin's actually absorbing all these things or if I'm like mixing them together in a weird way, like layered by layer, that it's not absorbing them all perfectly. So does it matter though? I know the oil is the last thing. Does it matter what order you do the toner and the serum? Yes. You want to do the cleanser, the toner, the serum, and then the oil. The moisturizer, if you have one between the serum and the oil. But if you feel like your skin isn't absorbing it, then you need to do more facial manipulation. So what? instead of just slapping it on your face, you need to give yourself facial massage. And that, again, you want to go up. There's so many tutorials on YouTube. When you start massaging your face and doing facial manipulation, it's like a workout for your face, like you said about face gym. I'm telling you, out of everything we're talking about, if everyone takes one thing away, facial manipulation. Oh, wait. Okay. So how would I do that? How do I massage my face to manipulate it? I know it's hard to explain over audio, but <laughs> bear with no, me No, it's here. fine. We can explain. It's actually very easy. So at night, when you wind down, you do your cleanser, your cleansing balm, then you put toner on, then you put your serum on. And then with your oil, because your oil allows you to glide, you just sit in your bed and for five minutes, give yourself some facial manipulation. And that's massage on the face. You're going upward and then you're bringing it all down the neck. You could even do lymphatic drainage, which is like a very light touch. Both of these things are amazing for headaches. They're amazing for sleep, fatigue, energy. I mean, the lymphatic system is so underrated. And I've really tried to talk about this on all my platforms. Lymphatic drainage will tighten your skin, inflammation. Like There's so many benefits. So I think looking into facial manipulation and lymphatic drainage, and you could do them together, is really life-changing when it comes to skin. And you've talked a lot about SPF and sunscreen and how important that is. I think we all know that. But what are your favorite sunscreens and what do they need to have in them to make them really viable? I've heard things about zinc before and I've heard that it needs to be 35 plus and over that it doesn't matter. But like, what have you tested and tried that really works? This is going to sound weird, but I am in love with caffeinated sunscreen. What is caffeinated sunscreen? (laughs) It's so random, but the caffeine tightens your skin. And again, we're all about inflammation over here. So the caffeine tightens your skin and the SPF protects it. And why I like it, because if I do wear makeup, there's nothing worse than putting sunscreen on and putting foundation on top of it. And there's tiny little balls all over your face. Mm -hmm. And everyone knows what I'm talking about, that residue that's on your face. Like, I don't like that. So caffeinated sunscreen is absolutely amazing. And then a brand that I think is really great is Elta. And I always go above 35. I mean, my thing is that if I'm going to put it on, why not? Do you go like to 75 though or 50? Or are you like 35, 40 is good? If I put on sunscreen, it's 35 plus. I'm not like that crazy, but like I am crazy enough when I walk outside. I will never walk outside without a hat. 
you know, I got my car windows tinted with a UV production because I'm in my car so much. And Mm -hmm. this may sound psycho, but it's so easy to remember because it's just in my car. I put driving gloves on when I drive. (laughs) A friend of mine runs Bare Minerals and she is the same way. She has these long sleeve shirts that are like sun shirts. They're really thin, but she like will never wear a short sleeve shirt. She only wears long sleeve shirts. She has driving gloves. She keeps a powdered sunscreen brush thing. You know how those like blush brushes used to have powder in the brush itself? So she has one of those that has sunscreen in it and she brushes it on her face before she drives anywhere. Like it's like all about going outside and driving and always having her body covered. I am such a huge reader of women in Hollywood that were older, like Zsa Gabor and Joan Collins and, you know, Farrah Fawcett and all these women. And so many of them say that they preserve their skin because they stayed out of the sun. Mm-hmm. And listen, people are like, well, sun's good for you. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm saying that you get enough incidental sun exposure when you're walking from your house to your car to 7 Eleven to pumping gas. Like you get your sun unless you're obviously in like a super, super dark place. But for me, I'm in Austin. So I feel like I get enough sun and I take vitamin D that I just don't need to lay and bake in the sun and fuck up my skin. Yeah. And what if you have fucked up your skin? Like what are the procedures that you recommend people try outside of the normal skincare equation? I definitely think that you should talk to a dermatologist about that. I'm definitely not an expert when it comes to that. But if it were me, I would do microneedling. I would stay the fuck out of the sun. I would wear a hat everywhere. I would wear sunscreen and I would really take care of my skin. I mean, people think it's crazy. I get a facial once a week, but that's my face. It's my face that I have forever. I don't care about a handbag or a pair of shoes that's going to last me a year. I'd rather spend it on my face. Totally. Do you get like the laser kind of facials or you just get like the good old scrub and cleanse and moisturize facial? So I have been known to micromanage a facial. (laughs) I definitely like a very holistic facial. And so what I like to do is I like a lot of moisture, a lot of hydration. And the whole time, I like a lot of facial manipulation. So tons of facial massage. So by the time I walk out, my face looks like it has five pounds of fluid in it. And then I walk out and it's completely snatched and contoured, which is amazing for an event. But you're not getting like the extractions You're not getting the like, (laughs) rip my skin apart facial. You're getting the like nurturing facial and massaging facial. I am not a fan of rip my skin apart. If I have a a pimple, like they can lance it, that's fine. But I don't want someone who's squeezing and poking at my skin. And I love like facial cupping and I'm obsessed with facial acupuncture. That's a very natural, if someone doesn't want to do Botox, that works. So I love holistic stuff during a facial, which I think is why I can get a facial once a week. And it just is so nourishing. It feels like it's an hour spent for TLC and tender love and care on my skin. And it's very holistic. It's very like feminine energy. Mm -hmm. And the room is like sound bowls and crystals and just things that bring my cortisol down. Mm-hmm. And so the whole experience to me, like it sounds crazy that I do that once a week, but it's really, it's a lot of like self-care in that hour. 
Mm-hmm. And we do not do that enough. I am really guilty of this. I think to myself, I should do that. <laughs> and I don't because we as women are putting everyone else in front of us. So I like this. I feel like that's going to be a good assignment for myself coming out of this podcast. Maybe I won't do weekly. I'll work up to weekly. I need to start with monthly, to be honest. <laughs> I like haven't had a facial in so long. Start with monthly. And when you're in Austin, the best facialist who is so healing is Brooke at the road. Oh. Like she's very amazing. Okay. Well, you know, I am from Texas, so I go to Austin often. Thank you. Thank you, Brooke from the road. I will be calling you. You will love her. What are some of the other beauty myths out there? Like things that just don't work that women are trying all the time that they just need to stop. I think that people should really look into what kind of laser they're getting. I think overfilling your face. But here's the thing. I can say I get filler in my lips, but that doesn't mean I overfill my face. I don't like under eye filler. I feel like it pushes your eyes up and makes the eyes look smaller. I don't like maybe a fold filler. I feel like it brings the eye down and makes your lower face look heavier. I don't like filler on the width of the face because it gives you pillow face. And I don't like a lot of filler brands. So again, this is one of those things where it's like kind of like car shopping. You got to figure out what you like and what you don't like before you commit to doing something. An overfilled face to me looks aging. So you have to be careful that you're not doing things that are aging you. I think that sometimes we get stuck with a trend. And I'll give you an example. Pamela Anderson, like she had those bolt-on tits that everyone got. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening when all these people turned 50 is you could tell how old they were because that was the generational thing to do when they were 20 and 30. Mm. So you have to be careful that you're not following the trend and that you're just doing things that maybe enhance you and not try to make you look like someone else. That's <laughs> such a good example of Pamela Anderson. I love it. Okay. Well, tell us this. What is next for the Skinny Confidential and you? I know you got so many projects happening. What are you most excited about? most excited about my product line. You know, you and I are in the same boat. I launched my brand in 2010. You launched in 2011. And I think that for me, I have this incredible community of people and my brand is very community driven. And so I've really been able to build product that they will use and love. And so the product line is definitely my creative outlet. Definitely another book, more meetups and more live podcasts with everything that's going on. I can't wait to get out and meet people. Oh, me too. And I hope I get to meet you one day in Austin and we could go get facials together. (laughs) I would love it. You got to tell me when you're in Austin. Okay, I will. Well, Lauren, we like to leave our listeners with a little project or assignment for the week. So if you were to assign one piece of homework, what would you recommend our listeners try this week? I do a super simple exercise every morning that really helps me be productive. It's so easy. You just need a piece of notebook paper and a pen. It takes five minutes. I get it. We're all busy. The kids are screaming. We're ice rolling. We got to go. And what I do is I write the date at the top. And then I write the podcast, the book, the music, and the workout that I'm doing. So the book is like what I'm reading for that day. The workout is the workout I'm doing. The podcast is what I'm listening to. And the music is like whatever music I want in the background. Usually it's Bossa Nova. And then under that, I write down my three must-dos. I write down three gratefuls. And then I write down three people I'm sending love to. Just like taking a minute to be like, you know, my sister's in San Diego. My dad's in San Diego. Just sending love to those three people. And then I do the Ivy Lee method, which is so easy. You just write down six things that you want to do. And you write them in order of importance. And that list gives me so much clarity. Mm. There's six things to do for the day. 
in order of importance? Yes. So your must-dos are different than your six. So your must-dos are like non-negotiables, things you have to do. And then your six things are six extra things in order of importance. And you don't move on until you finished the first. So you can't move to the second until you finish the first. And if people are confused by what I just said, because it is very visual, I have this up on the Skinny Confidential. You can just Google the Skinny Confidential, how I plan my day in quarantine. Oh my gosh. I really want to do this. I've been looking for a new morning routine and this sounds really good because it's like just what comes top of mind to you. It starts the day more productively. And I love the gratitude part of it. Like what am I grateful for and who are the three people I'm sending love to, which is like, it's been scientifically proven to help us be happier. And some scientists on this podcast told me about that. So thank you, Lauren. That's amazing. And I like that we're going to do it while we're all ice rolling, right, everybody? (laughs) So Lauren, yes, I'm going to get an ice roller. That's going to be my assignment. And I'm going to get a monthly facial. That's going to be my second assignment. I'm going to send you an ice roller. You have to know how you like it and go to Brooke from the Road if you're in Austin. Okay, Brooke from the Road. I love it. Thank you so much for being on our show. You guys can find Lauren at theskinnyconfidential.com. All of her stuff is there. All of her Instagram handles and everything are up there as well. Follow her, buy the book, buy the products, everything. Let's support another female founder out there. And if you enjoyed this episode today, let us know by leaving us a virtual high five rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your show. Until next time, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to Teach Me Something New, a production of iHeartRadio and Brit Co. I'm your host, Britt Morin. Find more information about each episode at Brit.co slash listen. You can also find me on social media. I'm at Brit or follow us at Brit and Co. Teach Me Something New is executive produced by Ali Ives and Ali Perry with additional production and sound design by Mark Lemmerjazy and Aaron Peterson. 